Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on The Look Ahead, Scott Seidenberg here with you here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I misspoke with Dave, Dave uh, Ross earlier, so Nolan Arenado, he's not going to opt out. At least that's the indication from everything that he has said over there in St. Louis. Uh, He could opt out and become a free agent, but everything that um, he has said so far is that he does not plan on opting out after the 2022 season. Um, And so he's going to be a Cardinal for the long haul there. Um, But yeah, this trade deadline is going to be interesting. And I'm sure that there's, listen, you're going to pick up the phone and ask about anybody, right? And the one thing, though, that you do have a little bit of concern if you are a team that is in need of a bat or an arm is that because of the extended playoff field now, more teams are in it. And so you got to ask yourself, well, then are these teams going to be sellers? And at what point do they sell? Or... Are more teams going to be buyers, which leads to more competition? Like right now, if you look at the Major League Baseball standings and you're just trying to figure out which teams are going to be out of it and which teams are going to be sellers, yes, you could look at the Nationals and, you know, possibly trading Juan Soto. That's the the name that everyone's going to talk about. You look at the Reds, who have already been a team that has sold off Uh, mostly everything that they could sell off. You wonder if a guy like Tyler Molle could be on on the move. Um, Could the Rockies decide to trade someone? That's an interesting thing there. I mean, you know, the A's, what more do they have left to trade? The Tigers, the Royals, the Orioles. I mean, those are teams that are probably going to be sellers at the deadline, but the majority of the league is going to be in the mix for a playoff spot with the extended playoffs. So there's definitely going to be teams that are in the middle of the road here, you know, like uh, maybe even in Arizona that still thinks they have a shot. Maybe, um, you know, the uh, the Marlins, maybe there could be multiple teams from the National League East that feel like they have a shot. So that's something to keep an eye on as we progress throughout the next couple of months Uh, through July and see which teams start picking up the phones and calling other teams about potential trades. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VCN, the sports betting network. How about them Rangers? 
The Rangers even up their series with the Hurricanes 4-1 as uh, they defend home ice at the Garden. So the home team has won each game of this series. So I guess the series hasn't really begun yet, right? Because a series doesn't begin until a team uh, loses a home game. So that is what we have seen so far here for the first four games of the Rangers and the Hurricanes. And as a Ranger fan, you got to be sitting here looking. um, Yes, you're happy that you have um, won these two games at home and are now tied 2-2, but look at the two games that you lost in Carolina. The first game, losing in overtime, where you had a 1-0 lead in the first period that probably should have been 3-0 the way that you dominated that game, and then um, you get a fluke goal that goes past Shesterkin, and in game two, you battle it out. You're down one nothing late and, you know, missed opportunities on the power play. And next thing you know, the empty netter goes in and you lose that game 2 nothing. Good bounce back from the Rangers. They even up the series at two games apiece. The series price now has the Hurricanes at minus 145 and the Rangers at plus one. 25. Elsewhere, the Oilers take a 3-1 series lead over the Flames with a 5-3 win over Calgary. So just one more win away from the Oilers going to the Western Conference Finals. Coming up here on Wednesday, just one game. It is the Colorado Avalanche looking to close out the series at home against the St. Louis Blues. Colorado minus 250 with a total of six and a half in that game. And we have the lines out already for Thursday's games. The Hurricanes against the Rangers at home in Carolina minus 145 with a total of five and a half. And the Oilers at the Flames in Calgary with Calgary minus 140 total of six and a half for those. As for... um, that Rangers series with the Hurricanes, all four games of this series have gone under the five-and-a-half goal total. With this one, the 4-1 win by the Rangers being the only game that came close to the five goals. And, you know, no empty netters at the end or else this thing gets pushed over the total and it's a 5-1 Ranger victory. So that's where we are right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I'm not trying to be a homer here, but I do like the Rangers a lot in this series. I think they easily could be up three games to one instead of it being 2-2. And I think they're very capable of winning in Carolina in game number five. And then going back to the Garden in game six, I think they wrap this thing up. Uh, Colorado's going to win here against uh, St. Louis, so they'll advance to the Western Finals. And I think that Calgary and Edmonton could go seven. Um, I, uh, or at least, uh, excuse me, at least go six. I think that the Flames will stave off elimination on home ice and send this series back to uh, Edmonton to for a game six. That's, I think Calgary will defend home ice. So they're minus 145 here, but that's coming up on Thursday. Like I said, just one game here on Wednesday, the Blues and the Avalanche, while the um, defending champion Tampa Bay Lightning sit back, 
relax, and await the winner of the Rangers and the Hurricanes to uh, see who they face in the Eastern Conference Finals. Taking a look, uh, you know, at the NBA um, playoffs here. And again, what the Warriors did here in this potential, in this closeout game, was no real surprise. Because we've seen this story before in this postseason. In fact, Steve Kerr was asked about this in his uh, practice press conference the other day where the, the media wanted to know if the Warriors were thinking about the, the advantage of extra rest, knowing that if they sweep, they get a couple extra days of rest and how important that rest is going into the NBA Finals, especially with the injuries that they're dealing with, and Steve Kerr wasn't having any of it. And he actually said, which is like it's so surprising to me how badly they played early in this game because, you know, Kerr's answer to that question, you know, yes, he gave the the correct, the, the, the politically correct answer about, you know, oh, we, we don't think like that and whatnot. But then he talked about how his team learned from the losses earlier in the playoffs against Denver and Memphis that they learned something about, you know, having a chance to close out the series and then unable to close it out. Um, Obviously not. Obviously they didn't learn anything because they came out and they looked just as bad as they did in that Grizz, well, not probably just because that was a really bad blowout in that Grizzlies game. But this one could have been a really bad blowout. If not for the reserves, starting out that fourth quarter, what was it? It was thir- They outscored the Mavericks. It was 32-11. 32-11 in order to pull this thing within, I guess, eight, right? And at that point, that's when... I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. You know, Steph comes back in and that's, you know, Luca's back in the game and all that fun stuff. So um, up until that point, this was, you know, this was a blowout. And the Warriors, they could have easily rolled over or the backups could have easily rolled over in that fourth quarter. And this is a 30-point win for Dallas. But yet the reserves kicked it into an extra gear, made some big shots, and 
Before you know it, the Warriors actually cover the second half line, which is just absolutely bizarre to think. But yeah, they outscore the Mavericks by 19 points in that fourth quarter, 39-20, to lose the game by 10. Like, think about it. There were, this could have been a 30-point win for Dallas. It, it, essentially, it was a 30-point win for Dallas. But we've seen this from Golden State before. And you have to completely throw this game out, I think. Much like I think you throw, like, like you threw the game out against Memphis. And, you know, it's amazing because I actually bet Memphis in that following game. I did. And even playing without John Morant, they battled. And this was a close game up until the end of the game when the Warriors did what the Warriors are capable of doing. And they turned a 89-87 uh, Grizzlies lead with 6.55 left to go in the game into a 110-96 Warriors win. When they want to turn it on, they turn it on. And they obviously didn't want to here in Dallas in game four. And they will back in San Francisco in game number five. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VC. VSIN, the sports betting network. Winning never looked better. That's because I look good doing it. Make free hoops and soccer picks for a shot at a sweet payday with the HM Wear That Feeling Prediction Series. Enter three pools and compete for your share of $15,000 in total cash prizes at the DraftKings.com slash HM now to get in on the action. H&M to make everyone look and feel good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Satterberg back here. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. Joined in the studio by Mr. Joe Fan from WinBet. Bet to Win is the name of the podcast. And I think that what Joe has done now is that he watches the show before he comes in. He sees what color jacket I'm wearing and then he decides to go put that jacket on so we match. It's it's it's, it's smart. It's like we're a uniform. We're a team. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I want to ride with you. We're going to make a parlay in the second segment, <laughs> as we always do. Last time we rocked the cut shirts. This time I had to go with the Gary Payton. I'm still wearing shirt. the cut shirt. So. so we got the gray jacket, but I had to give some soups love now that we're in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Uh, you ever see the um, the documentary Sonic Skate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, great. I, I, used to, I interviewed those guys uh, a bunch of times. Uh, very good stuff there. So kudos on the shirt. And uh, let's get rock and rolling here. Start with the NBA. Uh, Warriors, we've seen this before, right? They, they, I'm not saying they took the game off, but this is now the third game in this postseason where they've had a chance to close it out on the road and they lay an absolute egg. Were you surprised by the outcome tonight? Not necessarily. You know, I, I think to a degree... The Mavs are going to be a really volatile team in general, mm -hmm. where we know that they are coached well enough 
They've got a superstar in Luka Doncic. They defend well enough. They rebound well enough. Their effort is there on a game-to-game basis to where it, it comes down to their three-point shooting, and they're so volatile because they have role players who are capable three-point shooters, but they're not three-point shooters, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a guy on that team that in and of himself, you say, he scares us because we cannot leave him open. I guess Reggie Bullock would be maybe the one. Yeah. But we saw how cold he can get. He's so volatile. And again, three-point shooting, and that's why we see so many blocks during this postseason, is three-point shooting inherently is volatile. But the Mavs are full of role players who I think are on that end of the spectrum without any consistency to back it up. So Warriors laying egg. We've seen it from seen it from there before. But to me, it was you look at the Mavs and the role players stepped up, and I'm okay not banking on that again. All right, so Warriors laying seven at home in game five. Do they get the job done? They get the job done. I don't know if I'm going to lay seven points, but I feel good about them winning at home. I, I, listen, I'll lay it because spread hasn't mattered. We have not had a game. I think it's, if you look at, I think starting with the second round maybe of the playoffs, I think the spread has only come into, come into consideration three times. Yeah. It's either been the favorite winning and covering easily, and the margins just show. I mean, in the last, it's been 20 point margins in the last 18 what playoff games, and, or the underdog just wins outright, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, the ATS records will show you one thing, but that's because the underdogs are winning outright. We've only had, I think, three games since the second round of the playoffs began that have actually been, you know, the losing team covering the spread. What do you make of all the blowouts? I mean, has this been a boring postseason for Absolutely. you? Absolutely, yeah. I barely watched. Is there a is there a rationale? today? I will tell you though. I checked the score um, before I left to come here to Circa, and I checked the score because I stopped watching the game. Obviously, <laughs> I checked the score, and it was when the Warriors pulled within eight with like three minutes left, and I was like, I gotta put the game on. <laughs> I was like, we we might have a good finish. Not even a minute later, I was like, all right. I can leave. You know, this game's not getting close. But yeah, no, I, I this I've watched. This has been a boring playoffs. Do you think it just comes down to the league's obsession with three pointers? Uh, I think it comes down to that. Could be a factor. I think it is. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that these players and coaches, these teams, basically, um, they understand that it's a seven game series, and that the one game doesn't matter. And so if they're down. 25, they're not going to try and come back. They're going to rest their players because they lose the battle, but they still got a war to play. They still got a war to win, right? So I'm okay chalking this up. The Miami Heat in game number four were playing with house money, right? They got their win in game three, so they regained home court advantage, something that they lost by losing game two. So they regained home court advantage. They're playing with house money up two games to one. Once they're down double figures, you have a banged up Jimmy Butler. That's it. Out of the game. We don't care. That game could have been a 60-point win and didn't even matter. You go back to that Grizzlies-T-Wolves series, and I think it makes what the Grizzlies did against the Wolves Mm -hmm. that much more impressive. And what the Wolves did, uh, conversely, against the Grizzlies that much more embarrassing. Mm -hmm. They should have won that series, and they're they're blowing 15, 20-point leads. Sometimes multiple in one game yeah. in every single game. So I, I agree. I think that's a, a good point. To me, it does come back to three-point shooting. You look at the Warriors uh, tonight, 10 of 28 
They make 10. Some Mavs go 20 of 43. Some of those 10 came from the the bench players in the fourth quarter. So it was even worse than that. Yeah. And so you make the difference is 10. That's 30 points. Yeah. You got to make up. And when the Mavs are shooting 43, you know, you show me what percentage they're making. I can tell you whether or not they had a chance to win the game. And so to me, it's, it's not as simple as that, but it's also, I don't think, is much more complicated than that because the league is absolutely obsessed with three-point shooting at this point. Yep, that's what it is. And in the first quarter, the Mavericks made, what, seven three-pointers in the first quarter yeah. of the game tonight? So, And the first quarter was close. That was 28-24 Dallas, and then the second quarter, they just completely ran away with it. So you mentioned the role players. They all stepped up. Uh, I think the Warriors closed this thing out in game number five. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a blowout also because it seems like every game in this round of the postseason has had a 20-point lead. At least that's what we've had here in the Eastern Conference Finals as well. Uh, going to the East, let's talk about this. I, I'm, a little, I'm a little confused, Joe. The Celtics are minus a point and a half in Miami. And I don't really understand it. Are the Celtics four and a half to five points better than the Miami Heat right now? Yes. Why do you say that? Because I think if you look at what's on the roster behind mm-hmm. the stars, and let's call Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum a wash. You can give either player an edge however you see fit. Okay. It doesn't really matter to me. You look at what's behind them. Mm-hmm. With Jimmy Butler, it's Bam Adebayo is easily number two. Then you're dipping to... Max Struess, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero when he's healthy, but he's not right now, and whoever else you want to put on that list. With the Celtics, again, when healthy, you have Jalen Brown, who is by far the third best player in the series. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. Al Horford, who has been a man on our, you know, drinking out of the Fountain of Youth all playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Williams, who is an elite rim defender, who... In these two games he's played, they've won going away, and Bam Adebayo has done nothing. In Bam Adebayo's biggest games this year, uh, in this postseason, Joel Embiid hasn't played or Robert Williams hasn't played. That's made a huge difference. And then you've got Grant Williams. um, Peyton Pritchard has been a huge role player for them, and I think the list goes on. Derek White has been tremendous. The supporting cast is far and away better in Boston. Mm -hmm. I think you just look at Miami and say, well, they're just so gritty. And Jimmy Butler is an easy guy to bet on because he's a gamer and he makes others better around him. And they have created this cast of players that has lived up and stepped up and they play defense and they defend. But you see, they're not big. So then if you get Grant Williams on a guard, he's getting, you know, crashing off the corner and getting offensive rebounds. I think you look across the board to me, the Celtics are the better team. The two games they've lost, they've played a historically bad third quarter Mm -hmm. and a historically bad first quarter. Other than that, they have dominated this series. Sure. I think they've outscored them by seven, I think, in the entire series or something like that, which is kind of indicative of what they've done in the regular season. They were better than them in the regular season in terms, if you look at that, look at it that way. I guess that what I'm trying to get at is that Miami was a four-and-a-half-point favorite in game one. I understand bad spot for Boston coming off the series against Milwaukee, plus Marcus Smart did not play, and Al Horford did not play, right? They were one-point favorites in game two, Right. And now, looking at where they are, they are heavy underdogs, despite the fact that two of the remaining three games are going to be in Miami. Marcus Smart, I don't know if he's going to play. He's certainly questionable. Robert Williams is questionable. 
So I got injury concerns with the Celtics. I got probably the Heat as the more rested team because with that blowout, they sat everybody. You know, Jimmy Butler takes the whole second half off pretty much. But you got you yeah. have to add him to the injury report. He's, he's not, not right. He's, he's not on the injury report, though. Sure, he's going yeah. to play. But uh-huh. you've watched the games. Is he right? And that's the thing. I think that this spread is telling us something. And I think that somebody somewhere knows that Jimmy Butler's injury is more serious than is being let on. He's Joe Fenn, Bet to Win, Win Bet Podcast. Uh, we will talk more about this series, get into a little Major League Baseball. Plus, maybe I'll toss a football question your way. But we got to put together it. our podcast as well, our, our uh, parlay yes. as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's a look at here on VSIN. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, and now it's updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here. This is The Look Ahead, joined in studio by Joe Fan. There he is from WinBet. Bet to Win is the name of the show. Be sure to get that wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, every time Joe is a guest on this show, we put together a baseball parlay. Yep. And uh, we won our first one. Yep. So we're still playing with profits. Correct. And, you know, we weren't successful the next time out, but it don't matter because we're still playing with profits. Yep. And that's the name of the game, right? As uh, as Brent always says, cash and tickets is what it's all about. And that's what we're all about here on VSIN. So uh, looking at the board for Wednesday, I didn't go over it really. Not yet. Okay, I'll fully admit. First glance to me, the first thing that jumped out, the Mets and Giants 1245 start uh Pacific time. These teams wrapped up about 11 o'clock tonight Mm -hmm. after a wild back and forth game. I mean, the Mets scored 10 runs between the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. The Giants scored five runs in the eighth and ninth, and they walk it off against the Mets. 13-12 was the final score. So that's 25 runs in this game. There were 16 runs scored in the 13-3 win by the Mets in the first game of this series. Why do I like the under? <laughs> Is it just because it's going to be the daytime start and maybe a little sleepiness after uh, a wild game here tonight? I don't, you know, I'm listen, curious to see what the number is. We don't have a pitching matchup yet either. Correct? No, I, and right now I think it looks like um, uh, J- uh, Jacob Junis is going to pitch for San Francisco, and I don't know who's pitching for the Mets. Don't know yet. Might be a bullpen day for the Mets, if we're being honest. So, what would that number have to be for you to feel comfortable going under? Nine. Mm, you know, nine and a half. That should get you under three innings. Yeah, I don't know. I it's just to me, it's just I have I, I have to go look at the numbers and see what I feel about it. But as far as just the situation, 
I'm a little concerned about these players now. High adrenaline game when it's a come-from-behind, back-and-forth scoring, and then quick turnaround to get to the ballpark at, you know, 9 a.m. or whatever for, for their game coming up on Wednesday. So that's that's the first first glance read, I have, but we have to wait and see what the number is. Uh, anything that jump out jumps out to you right away about the board? Yeah, what if you go a Southern California parlay with Dodgers run line against the Nationals? They've kicked the crap out of the Nationals two games in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, at minus 133, uh, plus Angels money line with Detmers on the bump against the Rangers, and Otto's been terrible all year. Uh, that is uh, plus 178. If you just go both teams' money lines, so remove the Dodgers' run line, make it money line, it's plus 130. All right. Now, hypothetically speaking, let's say the Giants are 160. Against the Mets. Okay. Because, again, bullpen day for the Mets. Don't really know who's going to pitch for them. Um, they were, what were they, minus 120? So you could even throw the Astros in with Javier on the bump against the the Indians at minus 180. Well, I'm thinking about a Cal, just a Cali parlay. A little Cali parlay. I'm thinking a Cali okay. parlay. As opposed to the AOS parlay. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what if we do a Cali parlay? Giants over the Mets, Dodgers over the Nationals, A's over the Mariners, and Angels over the Rangers. I love the A's over the Mariners. I mean, you're getting Paul, plus money on the A's. Paul Blackburn way. has been tremendous. He's yes. 4 0 with a 191 ERA, a sub one whip. Seattle's minus 160. Robbie Ray has been very hit. Just, he has loved the big inning this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take out every inning, he's got a crooked number. And so, and you look at their bullpen, it's been terrible. I mean, outside of Paul Seawald and I guess Andres Munoz, their entire bullpen's been terrible. Uh, so, yeah, I love the A's at the what, Cali plus 148. Parlay. The Cali parlay. So, so, Gi- I'm not seeing Giants up yet. It, so won't, it, would, it wouldn't be up yet. But I figure that they, they're going to be a decent size favorite over the Mets. Well, and again, I got to see the lineup day game after a night game. Where I, it's at right now, I wonder I mean, who's going to knock A's, the Angels, Dodgers is plus 475. That is juicy. On the money line? So no run Just line with money Dodgers? Line, no run okay. line. And now, okay. So so what did you say that was plus what? Plus 475. All right. Pick a game in there. We're not going to bet this game, but just plug in. I'm trying to find a money. Plug in the Braves. They're minus 150, and just tell me what the payout would be. Okay. We've got uh, Angels. We've got Dodgers. Uh-huh. We've got A's. Braves are minus one fifty. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm only using the Braves for the just for the pricing sake. I just want to see what the pricing is. Plus eight fifty six. We're doing a Cali parlay, bro. I'm telling you, the four leg Cali going, parlay. Going back, yes. back to Cali. We're doing, Cali, a, we're doing going, a Cali. Going. We're doing the Cali parlay. Okay. The Cali parlay is the move. We got L.A., Anaheim, Oakland, and San Francisco. Done. That's the Cali parlay. I'm in. All right. We'll see what the price is for the Giants coming up. But that is the parlay, the Joe Fan Scott Seidenberg parlay here on the look ahead on this uh, May 24th into 25th, 2022. Uh, let me run some football stuff by you. Yeah. How much football stuff have you done on the podcast uh, recently? Recently, yeah, not a, getting into anything. Not yet? a ton. We've done a lot of hardcore NBA playoffs. Yeah. Dove into PGA Championship. 
Uh, I had Will Zalatoris. Yeah, no. Hey, listen, it's not as bad as having Mito Pereira. But, no. Yeah, but I. No, it's not. But this is the second time this year I've lost an outright on Willie Z in a playoff. Lost the playoff at the Genesis yep. to Luke List, and then lost in the playoff here to JT. He's due. Of course he's you due. Keep but riding him. Of course I'm going to keep riding him, but now the pricing is going down. Yeah. So you I had him at 47 to one in this tournament in the PGA. He's 20 to one, you know, for for the Charles Schwab. So yeah, I missed the boat on the pricing, but hopefully this kid's going to win one one of these days. Um, football. I was having a conversation earlier uh, uh, with a couple people about the NFC East. And we know that a different team has won this division every single year going back to, you know, the Eagles in 2004. So right away, I'm fading the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys are going to win this division. There's been so much love for the Eagles, Joe. Like, the Eagles have been steamed up. Their win total is now up to nine and a half. Everyone says that they won the draft because of the A.J. Brown trade, right? So everyone loves the Philadelphia Eagles. Can I Jordan intri- Davis, the new Fletcher yeah. Cox. Can I intrigue you on that 10-to-1 price right there on the New York football giants? Who's playing quarterback for him? Daniel Jones, who I think at 8-to-1 for comeback player of the year is an attractive bet. Brian Dayball, with his experience working with Josh Allen, certainly can, can improve what Daniel Jones is capable of doing. Giants did pretty well in the draft. They have a deep receiving core. Saquon is back healthy. The defense was their strength last year. They add Kayvon Thibodeau. I think the Giants are going to be a sneaky, sneaky team this year. The Giants were the number one team in the league last year that I couldn't get right. <laughs> I, was, I faded them when they played not just competently, but well. Mm-hmm. And then I, I would watch those games and say, they can cover eight and a half or 10 or 12 or whatever the number, and they look like a youth football team. So I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but I just, and this is not a reason to not take the Giants, but I just tried to do this with the Detroit Tigers and sell myself on them as an upcoming <laughs> team. And so to, to, to pull another arrow out of the quill and say, all right, we're going to fire to the Giants now. I'll ride it with you. Like, I, sure. But you're, you are banking on so much progression and such an impact for Brian Dable, which could happen. Again, the track record is there, and he's a very fine offensive coach. I don't know if they could have done better in this head coaching search. Mm-hmm. Certainly a huge upgrade over Joe Judge, at least in terms of what you could potentially just pull out of Daniel Jones. I will say this. Daniel Jones's numbers before he got the concussion were pretty good. He was on a trajectory to have a really good season. Plus, now we see that this is the year that I think he takes a jump. And Sharps have already hit this because about a week ago, Giants were 12-1. to 1. And now they're at ten to one, so it's because of you. That's right. You S- made that happen. Scotty line moves. That's what they call me. Yeah, he's Joe Fan. <laughs> Check him out on Twitter at Joe underscore Fan. Two ends in Fan. Bet to win is the podcast available wherever you get your podcasts from. Win Bet does a great job with that beautiful studio over there at the Win. So we'll have to go check that out pretty soon. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the Look Ahead here on VCND Sports Betting Network.
answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect to Victory Challenge sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine-part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Verizon now to join the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. So Joe and I will have some fun with the Cali Parlay coming up here on um, Wednesday. Let's take a look, though, at the board here for the Major League Baseball schedule on Wednesday. Uh, see what we can pick together here. Um, the day starts early with the Pirates and the Rockies at 12.35 Eastern time. Pittsburgh minus 125, total of 7.5. You got Zach Thompson on the hill for Pittsburgh, and Ryan Feltner is the starting pitcher for Colorado. Don't know much about him. Uh, Don't have an angle really on this game. Haven't even begun to look into it at all. Tigers take on the Twins. Dylan Bundy starts for Minnesota against Rony Garcia for the Tigers. Minnesota minus 190. Um, And this is an interesting spot. Because you would think that... um, it's a, a a play maybe for Detroit to avoid the sweep, but Minnesota, it ain't getaway day. They are staying home to take on Kansas City, and the Twins have won six. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast straight games so i don't know if i want to jump in front of that right now plus the tigers are just a really really bad baseball team right now really bad baseball team mets take on the giants again jacob junis is going to start for san francisco uh no announced starting pitcher yet for the mets so no line on this game these two teams though i wonder like i talked about a little bit briefly with joe fan the, the under was the first thing I thought about just because of the situation, right? So both these teams just played a very high adrenaline game that was a walk-off win in the bottom of the ninth. The Mets scored 10 runs between the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings. The Giants scored 5 runs between the 8th and the ninth inning to walk it off. And now that game ended about 11 o'clock Pacific time. 
so figure get back to the hotel about one. I mean, yeah, probably right. Eleven games over. Go back to the you know in the clubhouse. You're you know showering and whatnot. You get out of there by twelve. You get back to your hotel twelve thirty. You're in bed by one thirty two o'clock, and then you got to wake up. About probably seven a.m. Maybe eight a.m. The latest. I mean, we're talking like six hours at the most of sleep for these players. And an early start, twelve forty-five Pacific time from San in San Francisco. I, 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 my first thought is under. I don't know what the line is just yet, but my first thought is under. Dodgers take on the Nationals. And this would be kind of a getaway day spot where the uh, Dodgers are going for the sweep and they are trying to get out of town because they got to fly to Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks for a four-game set. So the Nationals could be a play here. The one thing that concerns me is that it's a 4 o'clock start in D.C., not exactly a one o'clock start. So it's not like it's, uh, it is an earlier start. So yes, the Dodgers can get out of town, but they ha- they'll have a late game, uh, obviously, um, in Arizona on Thursday. And it's a, uh, like I said, it's a 405 start in DC. So it's not, a, if it was a one o'clock start, I maybe feel a little differently with this. Plus, you know, we mentioned uh, Occam's Razor last night on the show. That sometimes the simplest outcome is is the, uh, the 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 answer, and that's what it was when we took the Dodgers minus a run and a half here against the Nationals here on Tuesday night, and it could be the answer once again. Um, Dodgers minus two thirty. Julio Urias pitches for LA. Eric Fetty goes for the Nationals. Total of eight and a half. Uh, you got the Brewers and the Padres. San Diego minus one thirty with you Darvish on the hill against Aaron Ashby going for the Brewers. Padres, uh, these two teams split the first two games. Corbin Burns, Blake Snell with the pitchers. Duel 4-1 was the final in this one here on um, Tuesday. So uh, we'll see what happens here on Wednesday. At first glance, yeah, I like Darvish and I favor the Padres, but have to dive a little deeper into that one. A's take on the Mariners. I actually really like the A's here. Uh, Seattle is minus 160, total of 7.5. And, a half. and uh, Robbie Ray goes for Seattle. He's been hit around this season. Pete Blackburn, meanwhile, gets the start for Oakland. And if there's one bright spot on the season for the Oakland A's, it's been Pete Blackburn. He has made two, three, four, five, six. He's made eight starts this season. He's 4-0 in those eight starts, so he's got four no decisions. The A's are 7-1 in his eight starts, and the only loss was an extra inning loss where Tampa Bay scored two runs in the top of the ninth to send it into extra innings. And then they won that game in extras. So they're almost 8-0 in Pete Blackburn starts this season. 
I, I think I like the plus money chase here with the Oakland A's against the Seattle Mariners. Cubs take on the Reds. Kyle Hendricks against Luis Castillo. Cincinnati minus 140. You got the Marlins and the Rays. Uh, Rasmussen goes for Tampa. Uh, and I think it's Cody Petit for the Marlins, uh, which means it's probably going to be a bullpen day for the Marlins. I uh, don't know how deep Petit is going to go. Probably two innings, maybe at the most. Um, the Rays uh, looking to pick up uh, a win here over the Marlins as they won 4 nothing here in the start between um, Shane McClanahan and Pablo Lopez. That was a game that we had the under 6.5 in between those two pitchers, and it did come home for us there. Uh, I lean Rays in this one once again, just with Rasmussen on the hill, but we have to see what that line comes out at and what the true pitching situation is for the Marlins. Anytime you have an opener, you got to know who the bulk guy is. So uh, I'd have to research and see what the situation here is for the Marlins and the Rays. Yankees and Orioles, uh, Tyler Wells going for Baltimore, and J.P. Sears is going for the Yankees. So he is an opener. Got to find out what the situation is for the Yankees. It looks like it's going to be a bullpen day. Don't know who's going to get the bulk of the innings there for the Bombers, who are minus 190 with a total of eight and a half. Phillies take on the Braves. Ranger Suarez on the hill for Philadelphia against Charlie Morton for Atlanta. Braves minus 150, total of eight and a half. Red Sox at the White Sox. Rich Hill against Lucas Gilito. And uh, White Sox, minus 170. Um, Rich Hill for the Red Sox kind of likes to throw batting practice. Um, might have to back Giolito here, although that price is way too, it, 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 it's not way too high, but it's, it is pretty high. Astros take on the Guardians. Houston is minus 185 with Christian Javier against Cal Quantrill. Quantrill is a guy that I have faded a bunch this season. Um, his last start out, though, against Cincinnati. He only gave up one run. They still lost the game, though, 4-2. to two. Uh, Gave up four runs against the White Sox to start before that, three runs against the Padres before that. Um, so Quantrill might be a guy that I look to fade here. Um, I'll have to decide how I want to play the Astros. The, the Angels taking on the Rangers. You got Reed Detmer starting for L.A. against Glenn Otto. For the Rangers, L.A. minus 170, and that's the way that I would lean here um, going up against Glenn Otto, who is coming off a decent start, only allowing two runs to the Houston Astros. But that's where I would lean, at least right now. So, again, follow me on Twitter, at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I always tweet when the picks have been updated up on the vcin.com Daily Best Bets page. And we are on a little bit of a heater here. 12 and 1 in the last three days, 17 and 3 going back to Friday. Coming up next, the guys from the Sports Gambling Podcast will join us here on the look ahead on VCNB Sports Betting Network. Have you 
you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN.